Hello to all our listeners in co-op land. Welcome to the Wabash Valley Minute podcast. This is your host, Brian Anderson. I serve as the Director of Economic Development here at Wabash. Today, we're featuring an interview with Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovis. Agrinovis is an ag tech-centric organization that works to promote advancement in the agricultural industry right here in Indiana. We're big fans of Agrinovis and even bigger fans of Mitch. Agriculture, as you all know, is vitally important to our economy and our way of life, and maybe at no time like the present is advancement in technology providing opportunities to revolutionize the farming industry. Mitch will take us through his career path that led him to Agrinovis and gives us an overview of what the organization does on a day-to-day basis and how Indiana is poised as a leader in this industry. This is a really fun conversation, and Mitch is a gifted speaker that can really synthesize for an audience the opportunity in front of us and how his organization is making a difference. Okay, Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovis Indiana. Mitch Frazier, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, (laughs) You have hovered around agriculture, marketing, and economic development pretty much throughout your entire career. Why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of your background and really what led you to lead Agrinovis? Yeah, thank you, Brian. And thanks for the opportunity to spend some time with you today. This is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Now, I grew up in Indiana. I love this state. Grew up in Tipton County, so a rural Indiana guy. Spent time active duty in the Army. Worked for the Army as a civilian in Iraq and Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans. And then came back in 2006 to work for Governor Mitch Daniels, to your point, ultimately in economic development. Uh, that was you know, really in the first incarnation of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, and I just fell in love with really linking businesses to opportunity. And that's what initially drew me into economic development. And it was through my work at IEDC that I met the team at Exact Target. And so ultimately, I ended up going to Exact Target, being a part of the story was, you know, in the early, call it late 200s, early 300s in terms of employee count. And Brian, it was just, it was so incredible to see this, what was a startup grow in Indiana and become not just a national leader, but a global leader, operations on you know several continents. We made six acquisitions. I finished my MBA and had a chance to take the company public as the investor relations officer. I still say to this day, probably the least qualified guy on the planet to do that job. Uh, but we had a lot of fun and I learned a lot. And you know, I think in that incarnation or that step of my career, you learn so much at each step and you learn so much from those around you. And I look at the just incredible leaders I was around who, you know, back to this connection to economic development, so loved this state, so loved this region. I think of Scott Dorsey, who longtime chair of Indiana Sports Corp, uh, Tim Kopp, wild, wildly proficient, wildly prolific uh, investor here in the state. Following the acquisition by Salesforce, started my own business and found my way into agriculture through that first as chief marketing officer at Reynolds Farm Equipment, one of the leading John Deere retailers here in Indiana. And, uh, you know, about nine months into that journey became the chief executive officer, first non-family CEO. And this this notion of agriculture really being a catalyst for growth and a real economic engine for Indiana was really true to my heart. I mean, I just, I, I fell in love with that segment of the economy and really found this interesting connection back to economic development in connection to Agrinovis. I wasn't a member of Agrinovis, but really appreciated what they were doing. Beth Bechtel, the founding CEO of Agrinovis, just a fantastic leader. And when the governor was planning a trade mission, uh, an economic development trade mission to Israel back in 2018, 
Beth gave me a ring and said, Hey, would you join us? And, uh, it was just, it was great, Brian, because I had a chance there to say, okay, what do I know from tech and what do I know from ag? And as many, as you know, and many listening know is Israel such a, just a bastion of goodness when it comes to ag bioscience innovation. And it was there where I thought, oh, wow, there's a lot of these connected pieces that are coming together. When Beth uh, left Agrinovis to go lead a big portion of the UN's work with the Food and Agriculture Organization, I ultimately came to Agrinovis. And since I've joined Agrinovis, I've been here now two and a half years. And we have really focused the organization around what we call Grow 2024. And Brian, this is, as you know, our big strategy to add $4 billion of revenue to the Indiana ag bioscience economy. And maybe just real quick on that, if you if you look at this ag bioscience economy, we we intentionally use the word ag bioscience. I know there are folks who are listening who may be not familiar with ag bioscience. We were very intentional about the use of that word because it's so unique to Indiana. When we look at the ag bioscience economy here in this state, it's really comprised of, of four key areas. It's value-added food and nutrition. You have a number of those throughout the WVPA ecosystem. We have uh, uh, animal health and nutrition, so everything from feed to vaccine. We have crop protection and plant science. This is largely Corteva and Nari. Really interesting innovation that's happening at the seed level. All to how do we care for that plant as it grows. Bex, AgriLiant, also big players in that space. And lastly, AgTech. And when you look at those four key areas, and we put production agriculture in that same area, right? So all of those combined, this is crazy, all those combined in Indiana is a $52 billion economy. That's wow. $52 billion of revenue that's happening here in Indiana. And thanks to WV, WVPA, thanks to all of our board members and support of the state and many others, we're able to go across the country, around the world, and really add fuel to the ag bioscience economy fire here in Indiana. And I think we are well on our way to achieving that $4 billion growth target by 2024. That's awesome. Well, that's, I mean, I, I know when you first kind of rolled out the 2024 initiative, that felt ambitious. Um, <laughs> but when you actually started like pulling stuff together and actually bringing opportunities to the state, I think one of those first deals or one of those first couple of deals came together is like, whoa, he might actually do this. So I, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's what made us a, a big believer of, of what you have going on. And, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that at, at Wabash Valley, we have a primarily agricultural just footprint. You know, we, we serve the rural areas and, and cooperatives in Indiana. You know, they they really brought in that last mile of electricity to the uh, the farmhouses and into the, the rural areas that really nobody else would would touch. And I think, you know, that's that's interesting to me because I look at Agrinovis as you've really carved out this unique space in economic development. And I, I don't know that a lot of people in our footprint are as familiar with Agrinovis, even though they may be in ag or maybe they, they work closely right. with ag. So maybe you can explain to us a little bit of, of what the organization's mission is, kind of how you guys fit with the overall CICP. What is the CICP? Some of those, right. those aspects. Yeah, great, great question. And thanks again for your confidence back when this crazy new guy that used to sell tractors came and said, hey, let's add $4 billion. You know, as I've said many a times, it was based on math, not just a good idea in the morning. It was actually real math that got us that $4 billion target. So Agrinovis, you know, we're about a seven-year-old organization. And to your point, Brian, part of the Central Indiana Corporate Partnership, CICP, 
a really larger nonprofit focused on advancing the state's economy. And there's an initiative in tech, an initiative in manufacturing, an initiative in life sciences. And we happen to be the ag bioscience initiative. And we are squarely focused on one thing, and that is growing the state's ag bioscience economy. And we've talked about what ag bioscience is, but I want to put real meat to this bone. And when you think about what does that actually mean, it really falls into one of three categories, three product lines, if you will. First, we think about business growth, and that is clearly aligned with that $4 billion grow 2024 strategy. And business growth, because we have such a great board, I mean, literally leaders from across all the folks in ag bioscience, ag here in Indiana, whether it be Corteva, Beck, Silanco, AgriLiant, so many really interesting ag tech companies, food tech companies, you know, we can go to them and say, hey, help us understand what you're interested in. Help us understand that, you know, what's in your product roadmap, what gaps exist. And we'll go across the country and around the world and try to find partners, try to find interesting things, companies, innovations to add to this ecosystem. And that that business growth strategy, coupled with the next product line, which is startup acceleration, and that's taking that same sort of information set of understanding what problem exists, right? What need exists in the Indiana ag bioscience economy. And rather than going to other businesses, we're going to venture capital firms. We're going to tech transfer offices at universities. We're going to anyone in that early stage startup space and saying collectively, how do we fill these gaps? How do we make the right connections here in Indiana? And before I get to the third product line, Brian, I have to share this because it is wonderful validation that this early strategy is working. Since we launched the Grow 2024 strategy, we've worked with companies who have committed to create over 1,700 new jobs in our state and over a billion dollars in CapEx. And so that is... I mean, really solid wind in the sale validation that this strategy works. And both of those product lines are really built on a platform or the third product line, if you will. And that's thought leadership. And for us, you know, I think it's it's so important to have a really data informed point of view of the market, a really clear point of view of the markets. So we conduct primary research twice a year. We have built a program called Field Atlas. So you can find it online at myfieldatlas.com. And that's really intended to bring people into this industry that may not think about this industry. So if you have listeners who are maybe parents of a high school student, or maybe there's the freshman or sophomore who just went off to college and they're still trying to find themselves, still trying to find what their what their calling in life is, we built Field Atlas to do that. So great stories on there of young professionals who maybe aren't traditional agriculturalists. So yes, there's an, acro- an agronomy component, but we also have you know videos and really interesting insights into careers in marketing or finance or software engineering or hydrology. You know, pick your favorite area of study. So primary research around this idea of bringing new people in, and then the last one is exactly what you and I are doing right now, and that's telling the story, going out where wherever candidly anyone will listen, and help them see that. We are such a great state. You know, as a guy who grew up here and a guy who just loves the state, we are incredible at production agriculture. We're also incredible. We're also incredible at this broader ag bioscience economy. Maybe one data point there to substantiate it. You know, in 2018, production agriculture in our state was about a $13 billion revenue industry. Value-added food and nutrition that I mentioned earlier, just as a juxtaposition here, is a $29 billion industry. All of those laddering up to that 52 billion, but there is so, there's so much here, Brian, there's so much for us to do. And I'm just elated that I get the opportunity to work with you and others to to make this possible at Agronovus. 
Well, that feeling's mutual. I mean, I, I, you don't know this, but I sometimes describe you as like the speedboat and all of us on the board <laughs> are just hanging on for dear life, man, because you're, you're out there just making stuff happen and it's really admirable. And I think, you, you know, one of the things that really piqued my interest and you and I have talked about this a couple of times now, but, you know, you're going out on the road and, you know, part of that, that 2024 mission is really to, to spreach preach the gospel of Indiana and then right. explain to companies why they're better off here in this state doing their ag tech or or exploring their partnerships or or potential startup opportunities compared to Chicago or Iowa even or, or California. Right. And so when you're going out with those companies, I mean what are their apprehensions? What are what is your pitch? You know, what is your your value add? I guess to why Indiana is the the better place for them to do their business. You know, I think one of the greatest things I learned from my time in technology was from Jeff Roars. He's the author of the book Audience. He was a longtime Exact Target employee, and Jeff always had this idea around service is greater than selling. And so I've taken that to heart. When we go out and talk with companies, when we go out and talk with even venture capital firms, you know, my pitch is not moved Indiana. My pitch is, hey, if you're in California, as an example, and you are working in the produce industry, the, the total addressable market for produce is relatively small compared to what it is in row crop. So how can I help you access a bigger total addressable market? And in doing so, I clearly, we, we clearly, as a team, we clearly put our hand on the scale and tip the table in favor of Indiana because once they see what's here, once they work with the incredible producers, many of whom are on the REMC boards all across the state, I mean, these folks who are out doing this every day, once they make that connection, they see, holy cow, I can do this in Indiana, have access to all of these things. We have an incredible state partnership with Indiana Economic Development Corporation to sort of help tip them over the scales here to get them here to Indiana. But it's not about, hey, you should move to Indiana because, you know, I came to see you. This is about how do we how do we serve you? How do we create this place? How do we create a solution to a problem you have? It's probably another, you know, just a sort of factoid from the time in tech was, you know, the best innovation. And think about anything that you and I use any day or every day. It's what problem are you going to solve, right? Like, right. Innovation, by very definition, is focused on what problem can you solve? That's the question you have to ask as you go to innovate. And I think we, as a team, you included, have this really unique opportunity to find these companies and say, what problem can we help you solve? And then I think there's an opportunity here for Wabash Valley. I think there's an opportunity for those on REMC boards. I think there are an opportunity sort of all across your listeners to really think about that and say, okay, what, what problem can we help solve? You know, as we think about, you know, decarbonization, as we think about green energy, as we think about alternative energy, you know, what problem are we going to solve? Not for ourselves, but for our customer, or maybe even the fact the customer of our customer. And gosh, when that when that begins to turn and we start looking at things that way, amazing things can happen. My hope is, is that amazing thing, that Grow 2024 target that I mentioned earlier, my hope is, is we've already beat that target and maybe we can do four more by 24. We'll have to see how that goes. That's awesome. Well, I think it's a good goal to have, but I'm not going to hold you to the... Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess as, you, you know, as you're talking about some of those problems and, and what we're trying to solve and, and some of the exciting things, I mean, what is exciting you right now in agriculture for some of these up and coming innovations you're seeing? 
There is so much opportunity. I mean, if we look at each one of those categories, value-added food, animal health, crop protection, and ag tech, each one has their own really interesting element of innovation. So we look at value-added food. So value-added food is you know, largely food manufacturing here in the state, food ingredient innovation. And you look at just the shifts coming out of COVID. I mean, for the first time in you know my 43 years on the planet, I went to the grocery store at the height of COVID and there weren't things on the shelves. I mean, supply chains are being reinvented. The ways in which companies are bringing food to customers are being reinvented. Brian, we have the opportunity to do that right here in Indiana. So I'm, I'm wildly, wildly focused on that. Plus, it's the largest category of the ag bioscience economy. You know, when I look at your service area, a lot of great food manufacturers within right. in your space, we have an obligation. I would say you and I have an obligation to them to go to them and say, hey, what, what problem can we help you solve? What markets can we help you open? So that's food. When we look at animal health, animal health and nutrition, all, we almost have unfair advantage when we look at this. I mean, you look at what is in Indiana's animal health industry. Holy cow. You know, Elanco moving their headquarters from the east side of Indy, downtown Indy, right across from the zoo. They're the second largest animal health company in the world. The second largest animal health company. And they're here. You look at great innovators like United Animal Health up in Sheridan. I mean, there are so many folks in this space who are saying, okay, how do we think about this intersection of feed, uh, animal health, and ultimately what does that mean for environmental health? What does that mean for human health? That area in itself is called One Health. I think there's a lot of opportunity for Indiana to really step up and lead, including when you look at sort of the broader view of that, you have Corteva, which is leading in the plant science crop protection, that third area of the economy. And for those listeners that don't know, I mean, this is like one of the most underreported stories maybe on the planet. You know this story well. Corteva moved their global headquarters to Indianapolis earlier this year. So Corteva said, hey, look, we could go anywhere. They named Indianapolis their global headquarters. And this is more than just, a, hey, let's put a press release out. This is a big deal. You know, now Corteva is the third largest publicly held company headquartered in Indiana by market cap. So number one is Eli Lilly, number two is Anthem, now Elevance, and number three is Corteva. When you look, I, you don't have to go far at all. Wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, my hunch is you've driven by a Pioneer Seed sign somewhere in the last 24 hours. That's Corteva, right? And they're headquartered here. And so for us to, to really be able to take advantage of, of what not just they're doing, but all of the companies that want to be close to them. You know, we've got a great company up in West Lafayette called Inari. Inari, an amazing gene editing company, doing some really interesting work. And then lastly, in ag tech, Indianapolis, central Indiana specifically. Now, this is a, a bit of my background, software as a service, artificial intelligence, machine learning. We have such a deep expertise, such a deep expertise in that. Couple that with our $52 billion ag bioscience economy. I don't think there's another metro in the country that has the two those two elements combined to really create this epicenter of ag tech innovation. And we have tremendous opportunity. We've seen great strength in this space. Tyrannus moved their global headquarters from Tel Aviv, Israel to Westfield back in 2020. And we just saw earlier this year, a California company that we worked with called Intellinair move their headquarters from California to the north side of Indianapolis. And if, if I think you sort of unpack both of those moves, 
what we saw was is Indianapolis's strength in production agriculture was key. Indianapolis's strength, Central Indiana's strength in AI, ML, data science was really key. And then candidly, just this ecosystem that we have here, the interconnectedness really made this the right place for both of them to choose. And I think we're going to see ag tech continue to be the fastest growing category of this economy for some period of time. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing when you think about just all the different cycles from from seed to crop protection to just your intelligence of what's going on in your crop, how much that's going to translate down to really benefit the farmer. And it's it's that's Indiana. Exactly right. I mean, we're at the epicenter of all of it. So, man, that gets me excited. Um, Good. Me too. And I think this is why you're the man at Agrinovis and, and we're all just, you know, trying to give you everything we can to put you in a position to succeed. It's why Wabash Valley's joined your board to try to promote everything that you're doing because we think that, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to come down to benefit our membership at the end of the day. But, you know, I really want to thank you for your time today. I know you're a busy guy. I know you've got a, a awesome email that you're probably working on to send out <laughs> to the board. For our listeners, Mitch sends out just the perfect cap to the week with a very positive, uh, motivational email that goes out to uh, a lot of his stakeholders at the end of, of each week and something I look forward to. But I mean, I guess, you know, before I let you go, give me something that we can all look forward to coming out of Agrinovis over the next couple months. I have goosebumps right now, Brian. I have goosebumps. So <laughs> I really do, legitimately. So uh, for those that are listening, if you are a producer, if you know a producer, if you're an innovator, this next couple months, there is so much opportunity to work together with you. We run what we call the Producer-Led Innovation Challenge. You can find this online at agronovisindiana.com. You can find all the details there. But this is where we go to farmers and we say, hey, what's broken on the farm in terms of specifically software? And, you know, as a, as a recovering John Deere dealer, I can tell you that, that data is a real thing on the farm and a real opportunity and a real challenge. And so as we, as we look at that, you know, we're working on an innovation challenge this year, really centered on data, Brian, and whoever can solve this challenge, will get a $25,000 check. We'll have an opportunity to talk about that, the upcoming Indiana Farm Bureau Convention. I mean, this is a really unique opportunity. I would just encourage anyone who has an interest, has an, whether it's an innovation or whether it's in how do we solve this data challenge on the farm, or maybe you're a farmer and you're listing and you say, yeah, I, I can list a whole lot of things that are broken when it comes to data. Check it out, agronovisindiana.com. It's the producer-led innovation challenge and really looking forward to working on that with you and everyone else on the board, including our sponsor, the Indiana Corn Marketing Council and Indiana Soybean Alliance. Awesome. Well, Mitch, again, thank you for your time today. This is just exciting stuff. And I think our, our listeners are going to really enjoy some of these insights. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you get some new disciples as a result of this talk. I so love it. I, thank you for I your love time, it. Man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. This was a great conversation, and it was a real treat to have Mitch as a guest on our show. In full disclosure, Wabash Valley sits on the Agrinova Board of Directors, and that is because we're big believers in their mission. After we recorded this show, Mitch was invited by the White House to participate in an event on food security based on their HungerTech initiative. HungerTech is a month-long technology challenge looking to use mobile-first technology to improve access to nutrition for people using the SNAP program, or Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Running through the month of June of uh, this year, the HungerTech Challenge helped entrepreneurs, students, technologists, and existing companies ideate and iterate toward a minimum viable product that can be launched in a pilot with the state of Indiana. 
Participants received access to Agrinovis's research data, connections to subject matter experts and mentors, as well as one-on-one coaching to develop their ideas. We're really excited for what opportunities this might bring for the organization and for the state of Indiana, and we'll be keeping close tabs on the future of Agrinovis. 